Hey, everyone. You found the Don't Suck at AI podcast, where you'll hear from AI industry icons about how their companies are producing successful AI solutions that are changing the way we do business today and into the future. So here's your host, John Lindsay. Welcome, everyone, and thanks for joining us on the Don't Suck at AI podcast. Today, we have a truly innovative show where we'll be talking about innovation outside the legal domain and how it can and will impact the technology within the legal space. And in order to have that conversation, we're covering about 10,000 miles to reach out to Nanopa Vanda, a technology expert in the legal domain who just wrote a fantastic article on the topic for Legal Business World magazine. Bill and I both read it. We loved it. Couldn't wait to reach out. So Nanopa is a legal technologist, product manager, paid search analyst, and she has extensive training and experience in the legal tech essentials, including legal design, legal operations, law firm management, legal project management, agile scrum, the list goes on. She is bad to the bone, as you can see. Nanopa helps firms explore all the technology available to them in order to find a perfect fit. And whether that's legal technology, legal products, business models, or processes, she is focused on how the delivery of legal services are performed and is a key evangelist regarding areas that she sees that need changing. And so we're going to cover those things today as well. So as you can see, that's why we wanted to have Nanopa on the show. She is out to leverage technology to change and improve a system that could really benefit from all of us taking advantage of the proven technologies that have been tested and deployed successfully in other industries. And so, Nanopa, before we go any further, what did I miss in that introduction? What would you like to tell us about you before we rock and roll here? Okay, John, uh, the creative side. You know, we left off the creative side. I spent a lot of time working with uh, legal creative. So we did a lot of legal design, contract design, organizational design. That's, that's, I think that is something left out. And the fact that I spent a lot of time in civic engagement, like civil society organizations, uh, Black Lawyers Association, United Nations Children's Fund. That is what I did before I stepped into this legal innovation space, leadership. A lot of years in leadership, a lot of years in organizations, community development. Yeah, I think that's it. Well, that's a great point. I'm glad you threw it in. And sometimes techies like us forget about how important that creative side is. So great, great share. Thank you for for putting that in there for us. Well, look, what we always do on the episode before we really kick it off and take a deep dive into all the things that we're going to discuss today is we usually have a don't suck fun fact. And for you, what I found really, really fun about you, and I thought it was really cool, was that you are a certified no-code developer. And as such, you have built your very own bot. And it's quite cool, Bill. I, you may or may not have seen this, but it's an automated safe agreement, which is the, the simple agreement for future equity. It's quite common and popular for startups that are looking for an IPO in the future. And mm-hmm. she built one of her own. And her goal with that bot is to actually help a lot of the accelerators around the world. So tell us a little bit about your technical dive into the no-code space and about this little bot you built, because I thought it was really cool. Yeah, it was. Okay, basically, I learned this from another industry. I basically spend, I think, 30 minutes a day on product hunt, like every single day on product hunt. The things they're creating, those kids are just amazing. So I saw there's this, uh, they call it no-code dev 
where they teach people and they certify people in no-code using tools like Bubble, what is it, Zapier, all these no-code solutions. They teach how to build no-code apps, web applications, and everything that has no-code in it that doesn't require you to write a single line of code. So when I saw Joseph's program, like on LinkedIn, someone shared it. I said, okay, you know, why the hell not? Because uh-huh. I like startups. <laughs> yeah, I like startups. So let's let's do this. So I did it. I participated in the program and then built my own bot. The idea came from, again, I like startups. I like working with them. But I always see how confused startups are at the beginning, you know, with documents and agreements and lawyers and this and that. So why not just have an accelerator, just have a bot, just have a bot do its thing, you know, just have a bot do its thing so that everyone can be happy. The investors can close deals quicker. The startup founders can get funding quicker without having to worry about documents that they don't even understand. So I built that and yeah, I, I spoke with Joseph and I hope uh, they'll agree to work with me to continue this, to basically take it to all these other accelerators. Well, that is awesome. And I have taken that course. I have not finished it yet because I've been too busy, <laughs> but we love Joseph. Yeah. We know Sharon over there and they're, they're a fantastic group. And so shout out yeah. to them. That is really cool technology. And kudos to you. That's pretty nifty. I thought that was a really fun thing when I saw that you had done that. So I'm thank you for sharing that with us. I'm sure everybody's going to want to see how that works. So let's dive into some questions. So we've got a, a great show ahead. So it, as I mentioned, Bill and I, along with many other readers, read your recent article in Legal Business World, the magazine. Mm-hmm. And of course, it resonated with us immediately because you know we're an AI and tech development firm, right? We serve dozens of other industries and have for decades. And uh, we have brought some of our technology into the legal tech domain, and it has proven successful so far. And so, of course, we had to know what prompted you to write that article, because we thought it was fantastic. Legal Business World uh, reached out to me and said, you know, they'd love to have my opinion piece. And I thought, you know, why not? I've been meaning to write more on these publications since I only write on LinkedIn. So, you know, let me give this a try and see how it goes. So the topic of the article is something I had, you know, already written before because I do a lot of reading in legal innovation, watch a lot of webinars and the, 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 the lab they have in Chicago, I think Dan Katz, I think they call it Legal Tech Lab. I watch all those videos, Buterres, Password to Practice. So it sort of just came together with all these views they have about fintech, pharmaceutical, you know, the medical industry. But I thought, let me just, I just write things down like on a notebook and then articles and ideas sort of just come together as time goes on. But I thought, okay, let me just publish this then on, on legal business. Well, that's it. Well, I admire your uh, writing skills. And the article, as John mentioned, is uh, really superb. It's succinct. You're, you're challenging uh, the legal world to think outside the box. In the article, you focus primarily on four domains, pharmaceuticals, technology, fintech, and marketing. So talk to us about what struck you most that drove the focus to these areas first. Uh, thank you, Bill. Uh, one thing, really, it's unmet needs, right? All these industries intersect with legal one way or the other, sometimes indirectly. For instance, pharmaceuticals is driven by demand for healthcare that doctors alone cannot provide to everyone. It's basically impossible. Even if more doctors were to be hired, it wouldn't make much of a difference. So they serve an unmet quick fix to a medical problem. Imagine if we had to go to the doctor for a headache, a toothache, period thing. It would be catastrophic. And that's how legal work looks right now. The legal world looks looks catastrophic. We just don't see it. 
because people are bleeding, but they are, you know, legally. So technology does the same thing. Uh, not every single company or business can have their own software engineer to meet the demand for software. So software as a service, SaaS had to, to step in and look how far we've come with that. Email marketing uh, tech like HubSpot, productivity tools like Monday.com, meeting software like uh, Zoom. We're on Zoom right now. So all these tools are direct results of technology democratizing to meet unmet needs. Uh, fintech, for example, imagine if you had to go to the bank, send money, get money, invest, to trade, to buy stocks. It would be a nightmare. So there had to be a way to meet these unmet needs. Now we have banking apps, Coinbase, Stripe, companies that aren't banks but provide financial services at the speed of light. So these are all needs that were unmet. And I think that these industries did a very good job meeting them. So to compare us to them is something that's very important. And it's if we do that, we can learn a lot from them. Oh, that's a great point. And actually, it leads me into to my next question. Because of the, the chosen area of fintech, it was the one that interested me most after reading the article. And you shared with us how the legal tech space is really becoming saturated. I mean, document management is everywhere. Everybody's trying to sell the same thing to the same people. And yes. that you felt like there's a much better model. And it, the one that fintech is deploying is something that you referenced in there. Can you, can you share a bit with us and with our listeners about why you feel that model would better serve legal in the legal tech space. Thank you, John. Um, for me, these tools aren't necessarily bad. These are very good tech tools, just that they're not serving who they should be serving. For example, Coinbase did not go to banks. It went to people who wanted to buy stocks by clicking a few buttons on, the, on their phones. We needed Coinbase more than banks needed Coinbase. So if we're, tr we're all, if we're all trying to sell the same thing to the same person whose business model is not aligned with the solution, we're all wasting our time, right? Traditional law firms' business models bill on what? Billing hours. What is, is it? The billable hour. So legal tech, let's say document automation, promises them less time on paperwork. But is that what they want? I don't think so. Efficiency is not what they're looking for. The entire business model is premised on inefficiency manually reviewing documents one by one, page by page. They don't want to do it quicker. They, they're not looking to do it quicker. So where do you take efficiency? Corporate legal departments and other businesses such as boring industries, the folks who couldn't be bothered by hourly billing because that's not their business model anyways. So legal tech needs to go to where business models align with efficiency. Let me give you an example. In Maritime, we have... Bill of flooding, we have charter agreements. Companies like Apple are constantly filing for, for patents, right? These are all boring things that make you want to just fall asleep. I mean, say <laughs> bill of flooding to me at 10 p.m., I'm falling asleep. You know, it's 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 like a lullaby. So where is legal tech in these spaces? This is where they need document automation, automate a bill of flooding, you know. So what yeah. I mean by that is legal tech wants to solve for legal industry only when it should solve for all industries, especially boring industries, like maritime, railway, uh, construction, energy. These are all, they have mountains of contracts flying in and out of those industries, lengthy procedures that all of these legal tech tools can be of the most use, basically. Fantastic. No, no, but let's let's shift gears and talk about the marketing domain. The legal domain tends to have some tunnel vision 
with regard to marketing. Other industries are really taking advantage of AI and big data to hone in on uh, the sector of firms they are targeting, but also the custom-tailored messaging that technology can now provide. So in, in your opinion, legal is not taking advantage of many of these tools that could be assisting their marketing reach and thus increase sales. So why is this and what steps do we need to be taking as an industry to begin catching up? Okay. Firstly, I think it's automation, personalization, and scale. I think that's what all marketing efforts or marketing campaigns are premised on. You need personalization. You need something that speaks to a specific person, a specific problem, providing a specific solution, right? That's personalization. Then you need to automate that. That's automation. And when you're done doing that, you then scale that to provide the exact same thing to a variety of the same problems, providing the same solution. So that is what needs to happen. Personalization, automation, and scale. Tasks such as email marketing, follow-up, social media, LinkedIn posting, these are all things you can automate. Paid ads, something I see missing a lot in our industry. Yes, some lawyers you know, are taking advantage of it, but a large sum is still relying on referrals and relationships, which is good, you know, but is it? So let's take a solo lawyer living in North Dakota in the States, whose bread and butter is DUI cases, right? I chose North Dakota because I simply Googled states with the most DUIs and then it popped up. So now someone who's a lawyer in this area needs a landing page going to the landing page. They need to also search for keywords or should I say how people search on Google. They really, if someone will really, you know, look for section 24, you know, they look for, I just knocked someone's car, help, or drinking and driving lawyer near me. You know, now with paid ads, all that traffic goes to that uh, lawyer's landing page and then boom, you're good to go. So for me, we're not taking advantage of advantage of marketing like at all. Another example, AI has also made it easier to be a marketing pro using an AI assistant writer like uh, Jasper, Copy AI, to assist with copy keywords and ads that actually attract people. So the lawyer doesn't even need to be a marketing maverick yet. So TikTok also just became the world's most used social media application. I think it has 1 billion active users TikTok's a massive success right now. TikTok ads are a massive success. So people need legal services everywhere on TikTok. And remember, there's a difference between an active user and people on the internet. I watch TikToks, but I didn't have an account until last week, meaning even people who are not TikTok users get to see your TikToks. They get to see your marketing efforts like myself. So because all these videos go into you know, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, distribution of TikTok videos is insane. So it doesn't just stop like with TikTok. They go everywhere, these videos. So why aren't more lawyers on TikTok? It makes no sense. So we need to talk to marketing professionals who are in the business of marketing and start marketing like them, you know, because marketing is marketing. That's it. Nanopa, you're a certified legal technologist. So you have exposure to many of the latest and greatest technologies available in the legal domain today. Talk to us about how you go about helping firms take advantage of the right tech for their needs. And in addition, tell us what you see that excites you in the legal tech space that's coming in the future. Okay. Solos and firms basically ask me, you know, what do I need? 
what is the right tool for this? And most of the time, they don't know what they need. So if I have to ask them questions, so I then have to ask them questions about their day work. You know, how do you onboard clients? How do you deliver your services? How do you contact them? And then see the gaps in there and find a solution or solutions that fill in that gap. And most of the time, it, it doesn't come from the legal domain. Sometimes it's just productivity tools or email tools or sign-up forms or something like that. So right now, there lawyers, there's a lawyer I'm working with who's a solo here in South Africa, is also my friend, uh, to understand his knowledge, you know, matter management. So he writes everything down on a piece of paper and then loses these papers and calls me to ask if I've seen them. <laughs> Crazy. So, so, so I'm needed, but they don't know they need it and they don't know it's there. So I basically hold their hand and assist. And I think most of us legal techies are too far ahead. We're speaking like foreign language to them. We're basically speaking in tongues here, things like automation, blockchain, all these confusing things. They don't understand that. So we need to go back to simple language. Instead of saying matter management, I'd say, how do we handle your clients? So yeah, that's how I help them. But you've got exposure to, just as you described, many of the latest and greatest technologies available to the legal domain today. Talk to us about where you see this whole thing going. Where, What excites you about the legal tech space today that you see really revolutionizing it in the future? Where are we heading? Mm, well, yesterday I was in the our usual Codex weekly meetings. This of Stanford has a lab they call Codex and they usually have weekly meetings with us where they have People coming from all parts of the globe with their ideas and their solutions. Sometimes it's tech, sometimes it's someone's article, sometimes it's just ideas, you know. And yesterday, someone had an idea about uh, they have an innovation thing going on in the States where they are revolutionizing uh, courts. I think that is something we are all just trying to. <laughs> I wouldn't say run away from, but I don't see a lot of effort there. I think that's where it should all start. You know, that's the foundation. If we can't even revolutionize our courts, then you know what the hell are you doing? So I think that's, for me, things like court tech, litigation tech, things that are at the core of the, the you know, the justice system. I think that is what excites me the most. Really. And if someone can have access to a court, you know, at home with something like that can fit maybe in their pockets, that is, yeah, that is the future of legal tech. We should definitely do that. Yeah, that, that not only is that exciting, it's needed and necessary to expand the services to people that really can benefit from them. That's a great exactly. point. Great point. Well, look, we've gotten to the point in the show where typically we stop and we find a few things that really caught our ear and absolutely didn't suck. And I, I've made a few notes here. And I, first of all, just the article, Minopa. I mean, the article was phenomenal. I thought you really put it out there and shared with people, you know, the fact that this industry is behind it needs to get caught up. And that, that's a huge, huge, huge step. I, I know just an awareness that, yes, there are so many things this industry needs to learn. That absolutely doesn't suck. The, the legal tech in terms of you know, providing definitive areas where this technology can be leveraged outside of these other industries and brought in to legal tech, you gave us some great examples. That absolutely didn't suck. And then lastly, how can you beat mom crashing the podcast? That, that doesn't suck at all. I don't think that's ever happened, Bill. I think that's the first we've ever had 
Mom, crash the podcast. I yes. that one's going to go down in, in don't suck history for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, but listen, <laughs> listeners are going to want to know how they can follow you and probably mom too. So why don't you you <laughs> share with our don't suck listening family where do people connect with you? Right, they're going to want to read the articles. They're going to want to see what you're up to. They're going to want to check out your bot. Where do they find you? Um, I'm ve- I'm available on LinkedIn. I think if you just search for my name, no, no, Pavan, you'll find me on LinkedIn. I'm on Twitter uh, at Legal Technologist on Twitter. And I'm on Instagram. I think I'm also a Legal Technologist on Instagram. So yeah, Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, and Instagram. Yeah, that's it. No, no, but thanks for sharing with our listeners where they can follow up, connect with you. This was a fantastic episode. Bill and I have learned a ton. We're so excited. Again, we're coming from outside the legal domain, building successful apps and and AI technology for all those other industries that you mentioned. And so (laughs) we couldn't be more excited about the wave of momentum for trying to bring a lot of that technology into the legal domain because it works. It has been successful. We don't have to reinvent the wheel to do it. So this episode has been so illuminating as far as that goes. Bill, what would you add here? Well, I just enjoyed uh, finally uh, talking with Nanopa and uh, sharing these ideas. And I'm just really excited. I love the article. Uh, I would recommend to everyone, if they haven't read it, to grab it and read through it. I love this quote from the article. You say, let's move, people. (laughs) (laughs) You're trying to light a fire. There's so much opportunity. And uh, that's what you're highlighting. And I I applaud uh, your effort there. We need it. Nice. Well, (laughs) Manopa, thank you so much for joining us. I think that our Don't Suck family listeners are going to thoroughly enjoy this episode. And uh, so I'll take us out. Typically what I do is I I finish up with my closing remark, which is that's a wrap baby. But when people have amazingly (laughs) cool accents like you, uh, I always let them do it for me. So you're going to take us out this time from Texas and all the way down there in South Africa. Okay. What is it? Give it to me. That's a wrap, baby. <laughs> <laughs> well done. 